This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 173, Living Your Life to the Fullest. Are you lacking passion or purpose? Or do you feel stuck and kind of unable to move forward and grow? If you want more fulfillment, more joy, or even more meaningful relationships, today's episode is for you. Our guest mission is to help you live the width of your life, not just the length of it. For today's episode, I sat down with Aneta Ardelian-Kuzma. She's a former bank executive turned coach and consultant for high-achieving professionals and entrepreneurs to help them create mindful leadership, increase their focus, creativity, and productivity. She's also the founder of the Ardelian Kuzma Group, delivering wellness programs to organizations so their team can achieve more optimal health. She's the host of Live the Width of Your Life podcast and the author of the book, Live the Width of Your Life, 365 Daily Meditations on Living with Purpose, Passion, and Peace. Finally, she's a contributor to Brains Magazine and Thrive Global. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey. Leave a review on iTunes for them to find the episode or the podcast in general, or share your takeaways on social media. I really love to read your takeaways and your comments on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and share something that you've learned on Instagram, make sure to tag me at on and off your mat podcast. All right, let's get to today's episode with Aneta. Hi, Aneta. Hi, Erica. It's so nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. For listeners that don't know you yet, can we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your personal own journey? Sure, I'd be happy to. I always start with my personal. So I always say, first and foremost, I'm a mom of two daughters, and my husband and I have been married for 27 years, but I made a big career change about four years ago. I used to be a banker, I spent about 25 years in the corporate world. And now I have designed the life that I love. I am a coach, a life executive and health and wellness coach. I do wellness consulting for companies. And I also teach yoga, meditation and breath work, three things that I think are life changing for anybody and have just been a constant in my own personal journey for many decades. I totally agree. So we'll talk about a few of these different aspects yes. of your life for sure today. You're also the host of the podcast, Live the Width of Your Life. Love the name, by the way. What yeah. does it mean for you to live the width of your life? How can you apply this to your own yeah. like, life as a philosophy? Exactly. So I first came across Live the Width of Your Life in a quote by Diane Ackerman. And she said, I don't want to have you know gotten to the end of my life and realized I only lived the length of it. I want to have lived the width of it. At the time, I was I like not, that, right? I was not living the width of my life. I was in a job that was very stressful. I was burned out. I was basically giving myself and my family the scraps, the energy, the little bit of it that I had at the end of the day. And I was living for the weekends. I was living for vacations. I just mm -hmm. kept thinking of, you know, these small moments throughout the year. And so I said, no, what does it really mean to live the width of your life? And so when I went on my own journey, I thought, you know what, this is what I'm passionate about is helping other people define what it means to them. Because too often we live life with society's definition of what mm -hmm. a well-lived life is. What a full life means. Yeah. And then we get to a stage and we say, wait, is this it? 
like when you have the job or the title or, you know, the relationship or whatever it is. So for me, for my personal journey, live the width of your life is choosing to live every single day intentionally and urgently. And so intentionally, because I think we need to know where we're going, what those values are in our life, our aspirations, where we want to go, but also urgently to not put it off and to say, how can I create choices daily that help get me there? So it's like the GPS that gets you there, but also enjoying the ride while you're, you know, getting to all these places you want to go. Interesting. My first thought when you said urgently was almost like, for me, that meant like almost losing the joy in it, like being like in this, like almost scarcity of like, I need to do it all. So I like that nuance because my brain did not go there. Yeah. Not frantic, like urgent, like I have this long to-do list that I have to scratch off, but Mm -hmm. it's almost like aligning your daily choices to where you want to go and not waiting until Saturday to do it or not waiting until vacation, but choosing today to say, how can I show up for myself? How can I nurture my relationships? How can I take care of my self-care today? So that's kind of what the nuance of the intention, but also not putting things off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really that clicked for me when you were explaining it. It's like not waiting for, and I tell that often actually in my life because I have moved abroad and there's a lot of retiring people, like people that are retired out here and they're like, you're so young. What are you doing living here? And yeah. I was like, I didn't want to wait to retirement right. to live by the beach. <laughs> like I was like, why wait? So yes. that's that same idea. Like why wait? till X, Y, Z to do the things you want to do, to do the things that bring you happiness, that make you feel like you're living a full life. Yes. I love that you're doing it now. You're like, yeah, no more winters. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. Because like most of my family, like my grandma would go down to Florida when she was retired over the winters. Now my parents are retired and they bought a condo and like down South and they can go for the winter. Like it's a pattern I was seeing in my family, right? Where like you had to wait to retirement to give yourself permission to do the things you've been wanting to do for your whole life, where it's kind of silly when you think about it. If you can figure out a way to do those things now, then you can enjoy them for so much more longer. Uh, I love this idea of giving ourselves permission. We don't have to wait. No one has to tell us that it's okay. Yeah. And it's not because people around you do it differently that, you know, you have to follow that pattern either. Yes. Mm, Yes. I love it. You talked about when you were answering the daily choices that we do. And so how do we align our daily choices? So they lined up and they bring us towards that width and that length of the life we want to live? Like, how do we stay on track with our dreams day to day? Yeah, that's such a great question. And it's actually how I define balance. Also, when people say they want to be more in balance, I say balance is when your daily choices align to your life values. And so if your value is that health and wellness is important to you, but you're not drinking your water or sleeping enough or moving your body or nourishing it with healthy foods, you are out of alignment. You are not living in integrity with your values. You Mm. will feel out of balance. Mm -hmm. So that's why I would say first is 
Define what those values are for you. What are your non-negotiables? What do you want your life as you look back on it to be known for? And then use a planner. I'm really big on planners. And I always say what writes down you do and what isn't written, it will not get done. And so really use a planner to put all of those things that are your non-negotiables in the planner. And so for me, it's my morning routines. Like I have a chunk of time in the morning and that's when I do my morning pages and I meditate and I do breath work and I do my yoga. And, you know, it's a time where I just sit in reflection with myself. I get in alignment. I have lunch because I want to be able to eat in peace and to give myself a break and to enjoy my food and be more mindful. I mark down when I'm going to take a walk because I want to be outside in nature, you know? So it's, choosing the things that are important to us and then putting them down and being very selfish with our calendar. And the average person mm. wake 1000 minutes a day. So when my clients say, I don't have 30 minutes, I say, you do like you're awake a thousand minutes. You're not at work the entire time. Show me your phone where you're spending your time. Cause it doesn't have to be consecutive, right? You can choose to yeah. show up for yourself. And so also I tell my clients, if you have five minutes, tell me what your routine is going to be, how you're going to show up for yourself. If you've got 15 to 30, what does that look like? And what is your optimal 45 to 60 minutes? And then pick whatever you need to do, whatever you can do that day. Even if it's a five minute one, you can do some squats. You can drink extra water. You can you know, go outside and just get some fresh air, whatever it is, but just show up for yourself every day because you'll feel so much better. And it's that intentionality. Like you could say, I had five minutes and I chose to use it on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really great way to look at self-care in the yes. sense of I'm actually doing things to stay aligned on where I want to go. It's not just I'm taking care of myself and it feels indulgent, especially for yes. women that have a family, have a business, like they don't have that much time and it, it could feel like this indulgent thing to do something for yourself. But like, what if this is just part of the greater plan to help you be in a better state to achieve the things you want to achieve, to move forward the way you want to move, to create what you want to create. And then yes. it becomes this like more intentional way of taking care of yourself for people that have a little bit of trouble with that. I love that distinction because sometimes self-care gets a bad rap. People think it's bubble baths and, you know, pedicures or something, but it's actually, I love to reframe it and say, if you knew that taking a vitamin was good for you, would you do it? You know, so the same way, if you knew breath work helped to regulate your nervous system, would you do it? If you knew that eating certain foods would help to nourish your cells and help with cell turnover and boost your immune system so you don't get sick, would you do it? And so it's really coming back to, like you said, is like, what do I need to feel good? What do I need to maintain optimal health? Mm -hmm. Even meditation, mind, body, spirit. What are the things that I'm doing for myself? Because I want to be there for everyone in my life. I want to be able to do a good job. I want to stay healthy. I want to, you know, be able to regulate my moods, whatever it is, all these things are benefits and reframing it to the things you enjoy. And that's the other thing I always tell people, don't choose what I like, do what you like. There's mm, so many mm -hmm. things, you know, how could you take care of yourself in each of these aspects? You pick what those activities are. You should look forward to it. I, I look forward to my routines 
you know, and so it's a little bit different for everyone, but just show up for yourself. And that makes such a big difference in you actually sticking up with it and like doing those things for yourself. If you truly enjoy them, it's a lot easier than if you're doing a list of all the shoulds you were told (laughs) you should do to feel better. Like what actually makes you feel better? Mm Mm-hmm. And it changes over time, right? I know I was listening to one of your other podcast Mm. episodes talking about, I love hot power yoga, but it's not always what I need when I'm really stressed or if I'm feeling like my cortisol is a little out of control or my hormones are not in balance. Sign me up for some slow restorative or some yin or yoga nidra class. You know, so it's important to also listen to our bodies and listen to what we need that day because it can change day to day. And the more in tune we are and aligned, the better we can hear from ourselves and what that is. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things we're talking about, like the base level is listening in, like we're talking about our values and like what we need. What do you say to clients or women? I know a lot of the people I work with, and I've been in that place myself in the past where to the question, like, what do you want? You're like, I don't know what I want anymore. Like when we lose track of what's really meaningful for us, either because we're in the shoulds or because we've been like serving other people a lot and we've been forgetting about ourselves, how do we go about coming back to what's been truly or what is truly meaningful so we can then take those other steps? Like how do we go back a step if we're stuck a little? I always start with simple stuff, which is how do we get you back to a state of homeostasis, your body? Are you sleeping? You know, are you drinking your water? Are you sitting quietly just with yourself in reflection, not even having to do anything? Sometimes we can just sit there for a while and we'll start. But when we get our nervous system back regulated and then we're able to create that alignment, we suddenly are in a much better place. We're not in the fight or flight or freeze and the sympathetic system We're more in the rest and digest and everything then suddenly is a bit more clear. So I always say, put out the fire, get back to a place of like general health. And then it's going through those fun reflective exercises. Like what are your values? Like here's a list. What are your top 10? Why? Where are you today? What's your baseline? As we look at, you know, a couple different areas of your life. I have this assessment looks at, you know, 12 different areas of life. How satisfied are you with your health Mm. or with your relationships or with, you know, your finances or, you know, whatever it is. And then we start to go down a path of, and what does success look like for you? You know, what would it look like? That's an important one, right? Like, what would it look like for your relationships to be thriving? What would it look like for you to be optimally healthy? And that's a different answer for everyone. What Mm -hmm. would it look like for you to bring some creativity back in your life. You know, we talk about things that sometimes we don't talk about anymore. We usually think like maybe it's family and work, or it could be like finances and family and work, or maybe there's the physical exercise, but not the other. And so when we start to broaden what our life could look like and define what that looks like, then the rest is just execution. Then it's like, okay, where do you want to start first? What are a couple of things you can do? How can you choose to be 1% better tomorrow than you are today? And just take tiny little baby steps in the direction of where you want to go. But it really does start, and it's a long-winded answer, but it just starts first with bringing people back to a state of health, and then you can go down and really help them to define what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I want people to hear 
it doesn't mean that your health is perfect. And when we say coming back to a state of health, it could be moment to moment. Like in this minute right here, you are feeling calm, you're engaged, you're able to connect, like you can go in and out of that. It doesn't mean that everything needs to be figured out before you can go there, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. We take action first, messy, imperfect action. And over time, that's why I say just 1% better makes a huge difference over time. It's compounding. And just the sheer act of showing up for yourself is huge. It's huge Mm -hmm. to tell someone, try going to bed 15 minutes earlier tonight and just allow yourself to rest or read a couple pages in the book. You know, your kids will be okay. You know, work on that. Just like really small, basic things. Maybe you wake up and give yourself five minutes where you're able to just stare out the window and look at the sunrise and drink your cup of coffee in peace. What would that feel like? You know, just tiny little things. It doesn't have to be big monumentous changes. It usually doesn't work if we try to make it that way. Yeah, Yeah. you can't. Like it's too much change, too much at the same time. It brings us out of that comfort that comes with the homeostasis of where we are, right? Even if it's not a great place, we're still like accustomed to that baseline. So you can't shift way too quickly, way too far out of that. Yeah. Any other like limiting beliefs or misconception, like that was one that like I saw right away, people would be like, well, I have to be in optimal health before I can do X, Y, Z. Other things that people shoot themselves in the foot and stop their moving forward. Yeah. So many things that keep us stuck. We worry about our inner critic, you know, the Mm. voices in our head are very loud. Little bully. uh, Yeah. The bully and the judge, the critic. And then we sometimes struggle with imposter syndrome. Like we get really worried trying something new and judgment I think is huge. And many of us are perfectionists. We have, you know, (laughs) self-sabotaging behaviors that sort of keep us there. But I always remind everyone I heard on a podcast and I don't know who to give credit to, but I think it was someone in the mental um, health field that said, actually, everyone has imposter syndrome. It's only sociopaths that actually don't. And so it's quite natural. Anytime you're doing something new or there's a challenge or there's something that, you know, maybe you're a little rusty on, you haven't done in a while, you're going to go, oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. But if we reframe it and say, of course, it's natural to, you know, question that. Like if you haven't ridden a bike in 20 years and you want to get on the bike, you might go, oh, this might feel a little strange when I first do it, but Mm -hmm. that's okay because I know I can figure it out. I've done it before. And so (laughs) it's such an interesting way to celebrate ourselves too. Like, wow, I feel this meaning I'm not... (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. The second I start to not think I'm okay in every instance, then I need to start worrying. (laughs) I kind of like that. Sometimes bringing a little humor and like the (laughs) stories we make in our brain, you know, like, oh, like so silly sometimes. Yeah. And the other thing too, Erica, that you said, people should themselves to death. They think, you know, there's a long should list that, you know, we've inherited over time conditioning from our parents, you know, whoever raised us did the best that they could, our teachers, you know, people in authority, our jobs, every, leaders, everybody, you know, sometimes, you know, creates this sort of pressure, sometimes not knowing on us. And as women, we do tend to take a lot of that and shoulder that. I think parenthood, you know, there's the sense of, as you said before, that it's selfish to want to place our needs first. 
And so that's it's perceived as I'm not saying it is. <laughs> yes, it's perceived as or we somehow internalize that because that's what exactly. we think or someone has said that to us. And then sometimes people think that they're too old, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. too late. And it's never too late. If oh, you're that made here, me sad. <laughs> it's never too late, right? There's so yeah. many inspiring people who do things until, you know, their last breath. So if you're still here and you're alive and you're breathing and you want to try, why not? Why not? Yeah. And it comes back to that permission of doing just a little bit and not having to be perfect. Because if you're like striving for something that is like complete perfection, it might be easier to feel like it's too late, you know, like, but if you're aiming to feel 5% better tomorrow, the day you die, it's still not too late. You could feel 5% better today before you die, you know? (laughs) That's right. That's true. That's it. (laughs) Oh, so we mentioned already some tools, but I know you're a yoga teacher, meditation teacher too. So what if we look through that lens, what can we use within yoga, meditation, breath work to help us really tap into that width of the life, live to our fullest? Is there any specific practices you recommend and you use with clients? Yeah. So all my clients get my yoga and meditation included in their coaching programs and breath work. So it is not extra because I really want them to show up. I teach six days a week, every morning. I really want them to be there. And I will tell you the people who show up every morning for yoga and meditation, or even just meditation, they get faster results and more sustainable results because they're doing Mm. something every day, not just, you know, whether we meet once a week, or twice a week, or, you know, every other week, but you're showing up every day. So you're building that habit, the practice and the routine. And I love doing it first thing in the morning, because I think one of the best things that yoga and meditation and breath work does is it allows us to become centered and grounded and really comfortable just sitting in one place. And then if you can bring your mind, (laughs) and I always say, don't time travel, bring your mind, your body, you know, everything in one place and not, you know, somewhere else. I think that's really helpful because that one allows us to just check in and see what we're feeling, see the status of our mind, see what our body is telling us, you know, notice the pace of our breath. And then we can do something with that. We can choose Mm -hmm. to then, you know, do some poses that help us to continue to connect in the line and breath work specifically is just wonderful for stimulating the vagus nerve for helping to regulate the nervous system. And when you do that with an intention, I just think that it's just so transformative for sure. So it's really about mindfulness, presence, connection. And this is also answering a question I asked earlier, like, how do we find what we want? Like you start there, right? With practices that help you reconnect inward, that help you be in the present moment. And then you've added relaxation, nervous system regulation. So building onto your optimal health. So it's really kind of answering everything we've talked about, like within one particular practice or, you know, the big umbrella of yoga, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing because every day is different, right? Every day, I'm sure when you show up on the mat, you notice something a little bit different and we can work with that. I think that showing up for ourselves through yoga and meditation and breath work is a practice of non-judgment, is a practice of letting go. 
of, you know, expectations that we have for ourselves. It's letting go of the striving that sometimes we experience in all areas of life, you know, achieving, achieving, achieving. Yes. It's celebrating just being where we are. And when we do practice with others, even though, you know, my meditation and classes, they're all virtual because we started during COVID and it's been going on for over three years now. People are from all over the country. They form these amazing relationships. So if someone's not there, they're curious, is everything okay? And they celebrate each other's wins. And there is something powerful that happens when you practice Mm. with other souls right? The connection that we know is there. You feel it. You feel the energy. You feel the connection. You feel sort of this common intention that, you know, we set and it's just amazing. I mean, I think unless you experience it, it's really hard to describe. Mm -hmm. That sounds lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Is there one particular example, like either a breath practice or a particular type of meditation that you find yourself coming back to a lot? So I love just a quiet meditation for my own practice, like Vipassana and just sitting silently like that Mm -hmm. feels really good to me. And then I usually end with some breath work and then some gratitude. I really mix up the breath. So I love the traditional pranayama yogic breath, but then I've also incorporated now somatic breathing. So there's something called a haloactive breath, which is in through the nose and out through the mouth. It's just like a cleansing breath. Mm -hmm. And that just feels so good. And you can do the exhale as gentle as a sigh. You can do it as if you're blowing out birthday candles. It allows you to move energy through a little bit more. And when you couple that with some really good music and just, you know, I usually guide people through some visualizations and then the breath is just, it's a whole other experience. And I always feel like shiny afterwards. I feel like I was just cleansed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these practices I find like bring up your vitality and then your radiance. Like that's the way that shiny sensation for me feels like you're radiant. And I love that somatic breath and I love to add a sound to it. So I teach a lot this with a sound like you're shushing Uh and like there's different little sounds you can add that are really calming because you're adding the vibration in your soft palate and that helps your vagus nerve and all these things. Right. Uh And so those are like little variation that I love and can share with listeners also doing like the same, but with a double inhale, right? So you inhale, like, and you kind of all the way, and then you do a little sip of that last inhale and then you exhale through the mouth. There's like even bigger release. I find almost like, so those, those are a nice variation on that same breath. I think that I really enjoy practicing. I love that Erica. And I also love, do you like holds like holding at the top or at the bottom? I do. I love holds. I do. do. It's like so amazing. Like, and especially the bottom hold, I feel like I'm just like really releasing and letting go. Like it's just permission to go. Okay. It's all Mm -hmm. gone. I'm letting it all go. Yeah. feels amazing. For me, the hold is really like a moment where everything stops. Like my mind is like, for some reason, the mind can't keep going. If you're holding the breath, like it's like time stops. Yes. It's like you have access to this pure presence and awareness and 
It's something very different that I find hard to access in like a meditation or for more than like a, you know, just tiny moment where you're like, oh, I was so quiet. And then you're in your mind again, right? Like breath, that retention, especially with repetition. Like if you do like a square breath or there's all sorts of practices where there's retention, that moment where you hold, it's really like everything's on hold for a second. And that's Uh pretty magical, I find. I totally agree with you. I either visualize myself floating and sometimes we'll even say it's like the space between the breaths. That's like you're creating the space that doesn't exist. Exactly. And it does feel so good. And I think that's probably why I love the box breath as well. And like a four, seven, eight, there's a retention, Mm -hmm. even alternate nostril breathing with the hold when you hold it for a while. Even that is just so amazing because it quiets everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so lovely. It's funny how when you start talking with people, like (laughs) oftentimes we have like similar like practices that we really enjoy that work for us, you know, and I find it's very validating to then bring to your students. Like it's not just me that's having this experience. Of course, every student's going to have their own experience, but you start to see patterns of repetition and, you know, clues that this might be helpful for X person. Yes. And I have so many clients that were new to these modalities that didn't have exposure to meditation or breath work or yoga, but because they're my coaching clients, they now continue on even after coaching, like it's something that they enjoyed and they Mm. see the value in it. And that makes me so happy because that means that they continue on with these practices. And that's where so much of the magic is, is just like we said before, it's just showing up over and over. Consistency. Yes. Mm -hmm. Consistency Mm -hmm. over intensity, right? Like it's just always going to win. Yeah. I think it's like that relationship to self-trust, you know, the more you're like consistent, the more you're building your own trust that you can take care of yourself, no matter what life throws at you, where when you go like full out and then you crash out and you stop, you're like reinforcing the belief that maybe you're unable or maybe you're not trustworthy and maybe you'll never work. Right. It's like this like vicious cycle of, so like doing a little, but for a longer period of time, I find as a bigger impact, not only in your result, because you're sticking with it longer, but also in your like mental state and like mm-hmm. desire to continue. Oh, I love that. I, I love the idea of trust, tying it back to self-trust. Mm-hmm. So coming back to living life to the fullest, would you share with us that because in the beginning you were talking about, you gave an example of like you noticed in your life that you were not living the width of your life. Do you have an example of your life now or at the moment where you felt the shift of like, oh, okay, I'm starting to really feel that just for people to have something to look for in their own life as the shift happened? Like, when did you feel that you were living the width of your life? And how did that impact you that realization? Well, I'm doing it now for sure. So that's the beauty. I say I'm living the life I sort of wrote about in my vision statement years ago. But I would say that it started when I hired a coach and I was still working in the corporate world and I wanted to figure out what does this look like? And so while I was still working full time and raising a family and continuing on with my life, I was investing in myself to say, I know this isn't long-term where I want to be. And I know I need to plan and then start taking baby steps. And so while I was still working, I signed up for yoga teacher training and meditation certification and slowly started taking little steps in the direction and then researching coaching programs. So 
I always tell folks, it doesn't have to be a yes and, or like quit your job and start something new now. It's starting to feel into the direction that you want to go in and saying, ooh, does this feel right? Do I enjoy this or don't I? It's just information. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It's just information. And so I started then choosing myself. I knew that this isn't where I'm going to be. I'm not stuck any longer. I'm making steps in the right direction. So that went on for about two years. And then after two years, I was ready to leave and to start my own business. And I still had to do a lot of self-care, a lot of practice, mm-hmm. you know, showing up for myself and doing all those things because it never goes away. You're always going to be worried about something and you got to do the work and overcome it. But that first year in business was, I would say, I experienced freedom that I hadn't felt in a very, very long time, maybe ever, because my calendar was my own. That first day after I left the job, there's nothing on my calendar except for what I wanted to do for myself. That was crazy. And then I started asking myself those things. Who do I want to see? You know, can I have lunch with my mom? Where do I want to travel? Do I want to go see some of my friends? Do my husband and I want to take little date nights or cook dinner more often or plant more flowers at our house? Like it just, the world expanded. And so I would say that first year was amazing because I had more time. And now it's just a matter of constantly reevaluating because you'll fill your time, you get busier. And so it's just a reevaluation to say, am I in alignment? Am I living fully? Is there a good balance in my life? And choosing to say no a lot more than probably I ever felt comfortable doing. That's a huge lesson I learned is, you know, (laughs) what do I need to say no to in order to say yes to the things that are most important? Mm, I like that. So there was kind of a few different steps in there. Like the first one that really like caught my mind or my, not my eye, because you're talking, but (laughs) caught my ear was starting to choose yourself. Yeah. This is when it sounded like there was the first kind of shift or pivot of like, wow, I'm actually starting to choose myself in this. And that reflects into like getting into the habit of not in the habit of saying no, but saying no when you need to say no. And then the two other things that seemed like really good clues, what was the feeling of freedom in this feeling of expansion. Yeah. Like if you're experiencing freedom, you're experiencing expansion and you know, you're on that track, you know, you're going in that direction. Mm-hmm. And then you have enough space. The last thing you said, you have enough mental real estate mm-hmm. to like reflect and project yourself in the future and continue to like yeah. set goals and look forward. Because when we're in like fight or flight, we're surviving today. We're not taking the time to see like, where do I want to go in a year from now? Yeah. Right? Like yes. you have to be in a state where you're able to hold that for yourself. Those are awesome clues for people to like start to note and look for. Yes. And also you brought to mind the reflection, you know, in my planner, I plan in advance like the week because I know what's important. And then I reflect daily. How did today go? How was my energy? How were the quality of my conversations? Did I focus on what I wanted to do? And how do I feel? And then also at like Friday afternoons, this is a best practice for my clients is Look back on your week and say, you know, what do I want to celebrate? We don't take mm-hmm. enough time to celebrate how far we come. We're constantly that striving. Yeah. And, you know, and so what are you celebrating? You know, what did you do well? And it doesn't have to be a big project. It could be like, 
hey, I was tired and I chose to sleep in a little bit. And that was really good because I listened to myself. It could be like whatever it is, but the reflection is so important because you do want to say, you know what? I am showing up for myself. Well done. And then what's important next week? And then does your calendar give you time to do those things? Mm, And if it doesn't, mm -hmm. change. move stuff around. Let's do something about it. Move stuff around. Love it. You can go into the weekend then with no dread because you just came off celebrating a great Mm. week. Freedom. Freedom. And you're ready to go into Monday and the rest of the week because you're like, I already know what I'm doing. And it perfectly Mm -hmm. aligns to what I need to do or who I need to be. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds pretty good. I know, right? It's just Mm -hmm. little things. And so I know some people are like, I can't believe you still use a written planner. And I'm like, yeah, it works. (laughs) For you, it works. Yeah. Yes. And if you want to use electronic, do all this stuff on your calendar electronically, but write it all in. Like, don't just block it. Say what you're going to use it for. Do the reflection. Do the exercises. Yeah. I love it. I have this little practice with a friend that lives far away. And every night we send just one little text to say what was the best part of our day today. And that's it. We don't have a huge conversation around it. It's just like I'm sharing my celebration with you. Like this happened today. It was awesome. And if like nothing feels like it's worth celebrating, then you, you know, like the best part was the lunch or the nap or that I'm talking to you now, like always find something because, you know, there's like this spectrum, the best, even if it's not good in your eyes, it's still better than other stuff that has happened, right? There's always a best, even if it's not, you know, happy about it. There's always a best. So focusing kind of on that. So kind of variation on a gratitude practice, but with the accountability of someone you love and both of you can practice focusing on the good, you know, as a way to stay with your values, stay aligned with what you want to create and bring into Mm -hmm. your life. I love that. We have a group text, my husband and I, with our two daughters. They're adults and they live in another city. And we do the gratitude too. We say, what are you most grateful for today? Or what are the three things that happen you're most grateful for? Because one, it's great to start your day with gratitude or appreciation. And two, it's fantastic to go to sleep that way because then, you know, you're going to sleep a lot better because the last thing to think about is what you're going to ruminate on your mind all night long. So yeah. I love it. Anything else you want to add before we finish? I feel like we can chat for a long time, but we'll have to wrap it up. So if there's like one yes. takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with today, what would that be? You don't have to do things perfectly. It's okay to do it a little bit messy. It's okay to just start exactly where you are today. You've got everything you need. You've been given your skills, talents, experiences, your passions, All of those things combined together will direct you towards your purpose if you're having a hard time. And then also, I did write a book um, called Live the Width of Your Life. And it's every day there's a a daily meditation. So going back to that little bite-sized pieces of inspiration and direction, it'll give you just a little bit of something to reflect on and focus Mm -hmm. on with a journal prompt or a challenge. And by the end of the year, you should be, you know, on your way towards your own transformation journey. That's beautiful. I'll put all your info in the show notes, the link for the podcast, the link for people to buy a book. Where's the best place in the meantime for them to find you if they want to continue this conversation, if they want to reach out to see what you offer and if they want to work with you in some capacity, where do they go? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Erica. They can go to AnettaKuzma.com and they'll find all of my social links there, the book, the podcast, everything. So one central location. 
easy and you can always schedule time for me. And I have, I have so many free resources too for people to try and to sample something because sometimes it's hard to commit to something new, but if you experience it, then mm-hmm. you know you can make a decision as to whether or not it's for you. Totally. Thank you so yeah. much for your time today. That was a lovely chat. Oh, thank you, Erica. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode or the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you, you can pass it on and help someone else by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave a review to say thank you, I'll give you access to the premium podcast membership for free for a full month. Just send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at ericabelanger.com slash 173. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thanks for listening. See you next Monday.